0: Hey, everybody. It's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com. And on this episode of Network & Spill, we're doing a very special hashtag stranger danger segment. So this is a stranger who I have technically met before. I met her at a networking event for like all of four minutes. We spoke, we exchanged business cards and we went about our merry way and she agreed to be on the show with me and I'm really excited to have her on. I've been excited to have her on since I met her. She is such a bubbly person, super knowledgeable, and just really like genuinely nice. Her name is Sandra Fletcher and she's from sandrafletcher.co. She is a life coach and she does a lot of different work. She speaks. She's a visionary. She likes to work with women of color, specifically business professionals who are young to mom. any any age range, really. She works a lot with moms. Shout out to all the moms out there tuning in. Um, But Sandra Fletcher is just such a nice person. So I'm really excited to start this conversation, Sandra. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Totally appreciate it, Brittany. Yay. Okay. So when I met you, you told me that you were a coach and you mentioned Latino women. And so that obviously got me excited because I'm like, Ooh, I'm meeting somebody who works specifically with Latino women. And obviously I know you work with women of color, just like I do. Right. It's a very general kind of term, but um, I want to know more about your background. I know we talked very briefly, about our upbringing and how we were raised to be strong, you know, with women of color moms and, you know, who pushed us to do better and they always would kind of put themselves on the back burner. And um, I want you to just tell me a little bit about your background, where you come from and how you have become this amazing person
1: you are today. (laughs) Will do. Thank you. So um, I was uh, actually born in Colombia and brought here very young and moved to a pretty much populated Latino community. We always said it felt like somebody stole a little piece of Colombia and just stuck it in this uh, town um, in Rhode Island. And everyone's like, there's a population of Colombians in Rhode Island. And yes, there is a very large population. And so anyway, um, growing up there was amazing. I had an amazing upbringing, um, was just wonderful and it wasn't until you know later on in life where I came to get coached and, and really do some reflective, where I kind of looked back at my upbringings and realized, wow, um, it was sort of a very bubbled love life-like um, living. And I didn't realize that until after kind of going into high school. So I'm one of four children and I have all brothers. And so pretty much in the household, a lot of it was really me and my mom, kind of, you know, taking care of our brothers. My dad, I mean, from a very young age, you know, ironing my dad's shirts and organizing the house. And so it was something that was very common to me, and and I still enjoy, you know, keeping my household in that that regard. But um, once I kind of went to to high school, my parents ended up having the opportunity to buy a home in another side of, of town and that crossed us over a city line just enough where it forced me to then go to a different school than where I had grew up. And that school was maybe, I mean, honestly, Whitney, there was maybe like 10 Latinos there and a school of over 200 students. And so when I, when I went to school there, I think that's when I first started to really see that I was different than others. And at the time, and I can only say this now, looking back, that I didn't realize how much those differences were sort of impacting my confidence as a woman, um, how was was showing up in life, in life, and and even you know even pieces of shame, which is kind of crazy because I remember, um, in high school, feeling like I never wanted anybody to come to my house because we didn't have you know goldfish snacks or granola bars you know my mother would have been like you want an arepa like which is a colombian staple food and so i almost never wanted folks to really come to my house i rather had been going to their houses and um and you know like i said i mean it a beautiful upbringing loving family um, my parents obviously were immigrants who came here to just really work and offer us a different opportunity in life and about Two or three years ago, during one of my coaching sessions, one of my coaches challenged me to really look at what my story was and While I knew that something was there subconsciously i didn 't really realize what my story was or what it was actually doing to me and um, And I found that wow, you know, in all my life, there were so many moments of growing up as this latina where whether through the comparisons, I ended up finding this story that said I wasn't enough. I wouldn't be good enough compared to my counterparts. Um, I wouldn't be smart enough. My parents didn't, you know, send me to science camps or we didn't go on family trips to Grand Canyons. You know, I felt like I wasn't intellectual enough. Um, and And the crazy thing is that little by little, I saw that, As I connected more and more with Latinas today, I found that they were still owning similar stories. But the thing is, I mean, for me, I'm grateful that I was able to see that story and overcome a lot of those those spaces for me. But today I'm finding that I'm speaking to more Latinas. And I'm finding that you know these are women that are just you know successful. Um, they're growing in their in their profession, and yet still feeling like they may not be good enough. They may not be smart enough. They may not be ready enough. And that really got to me because I was like, you know, when do we overcome this fear cycle that senses just live inside of our culture about? these Latina women. And here's the other thing is, I think I mentioned this when I met you Whitney. is I find that there's sort of this cultural and inter- internal um, battle where these Latina women are really trying to honor their upbringings, their culture, their value, and yet be this very modern successful woman. Um, and if even for myself, I find that, you know, I want to honor the way that I was raised and I do so very much However, I've also realized that I cannot do life the way that I saw my mother do it. And in that, for that reason, more and more as I just started coaching more women and I started to realize like, I, I don't want to see other women, um, Latina women, really struggling or hindering themselves or even living small, minimizing themselves as they're growing and trying to excel personally and professionally, to be honest with you. And when I did move out here and decided to really, you know, have create my own practice, um, I wasn't focused necessarily on Latinas. It's happened more recently. And and now that I have, and I have uh, also an empowerment group that I work with, and I have Latinas there, I feel like I'm now really being called, to tap into this population um, and to see them rise more yeah. than than what they're doing for themselves now.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, you know, I grew up on military bases, and I talk about that a lot on the show, and just how I grew up and you know bouncing all around. And I will say, I I feel like as a kid, you know, kids are curious and they're nosy and they always have a million questions. Mm-hmm. I feel like as a kid I was so infatuated by other cultures. And if I went to your house and it was different, I wanted to know like why I wanted to try the food. I wanted to like see how people were living. I wanted to see all the like trinkets and like Statues and paintings people had in their houses because it's so to me it 's so so cool and it 's so interesting. I love art, I love food, I love people, I love talking to strangers i mean it was to me like meeting people who are different than me is like my jam that 's what i yeah. love and so for I feel like I just wish more kids had that experience where they were interested in in learning about, and then obviously accepting other people like not even accept cause you it's, it's automatically accepted. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're different. Okay, cool. Tell me, tell me about your life. Like it's, that's a given. Like we're already going in accepting people, even if they are different, even if they come from different places, even if they sound different or talk different or walk different or look like it doesn't matter. And to me, I think as a kid, that's where we should be able to cultivate those, um, relationships and, and to just explore one another versus hiding. And so I'm really sad when I hear that. And it happens to everybody. I mean, for the most part, right? I think even if you are the the majority and you meet somebody who is a minority, I think you still sometimes feel some type of way um, because you're exposed to somebody different than you. And so I love that work. I love that work. And I also love how you talk about working with Latina women in that respect where, Even though as a kid, they had this experience and they felt this type of way, it it carries on into your adult life. I talk about that a lot on the show too. A lot of the things when we're kids, we bring into adulthood, even though we're not doing it intentionally, it happens. So how do you function at that point when, you know, effectively and successfully when you've brought so much baggage, it's like invisible baggage really Mm -hmm. into your space. So- I'm really excited for you and that that's what you are focusing on. And I applaud the work that you're doing. And I hope that some Latino women out there or some black women out there who know Latino women pass this message and your information on, because even though you may not think that you have something holding you back, I think subconsciously like you, you do kind of know or you feel it, you know, that you could be doing more, you know, you could be showing up harder, you know, you could be exploring life in a different or a, a more profound way. Um, and you just need that push or at least the motivation. So, okay. So you're in Virginia now, you were in Arizona before you were in Rhode Island, I guess when you were young, mm-hmm. younger. And yeah. so what, I guess, what, what do you like the most about being in Virginia and living where you're living now? Or do you have plans to
1: move again? Oh my goodness. No, <laughs> I would love for Virginia to be home for a long time. Um, My husband and I moved out here three and a half years ago from Arizona. I grew up on the East Coast, but moved out there um, after uh, I was living in New York. We did two years long distance while he was in Arizona. And finally, I pulled the trigger and moved to Arizona. And that was a very difficult transition for me. And to be honest, I think that when they say, you know, like sometimes you have to make the hardest changes in your life, but... You know, one thing I've written in my in uh, in just different kinds of bios and about myself is that I always kept an open heart, and I think that in keeping that one component, that one element, no matter how crazy I felt around or how many things were going crazy in my life, um, in keeping that one element of of me open, I feel I felt like I feel like Arizona actually changed my life. Um, and I never thought that I would say that. But yeah, while in Arizona, um, we lived there. We got married there. I had my two children there and then literally moved here uh, when my daughter was maybe about four or five months old and I had a one and a half year old. Oh uh, no, he was almost turning two at that time. So insane. That transition was crazy, crazy, crazy on a mother level, on a personal level. Um, but since moving here and kind of just finally like being okay and, and I'll, I'll share this because when I first got here, it was one of the hardest transitions I made personally and professionally. Personally, because here I was starting all over again with two new babies, trying to like reconfigure our lives, but professionally as well, because I've worked my entire life and I, I went to college, I went to grad school, I was, desi- you know, I designed myself to be a woman who was gonna succeed and be on top of the world. And just all of that, just vision was clear for me. And when I moved here and uh, had my babies and it was the first time that my husband and I were like, okay, so what's next for you? Um, I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And that transition was really, really difficult for me because I felt like, you know, I had gone through a bit of an identity crisis, um, as well as just kind of fighting the, the, the stigma that comes along with being a stay-at-home mom. Kind of, it's like you just sort of lose yourself. Um, so since being here now, um, I decided I, I wanted to pursue more coaching, that was one aspect of my job. When I lived in Arizona, I was I worked at the University of Arizona and I was a director of a professional development and coaching program, which I loved. It was my baby. It was amazing. And when I moved here, I obviously had to leave that project about three quarters of the way in. And so um, for me, I just had this itch where I just was like, I, I need something more. Like I love being a stay-at-home mom, feel so privileged to be able to do it, but I need something more. And so I started um You know getting trained and started working with clients and that's how obviously you know the the practice grew but since being here I also feel like I have so much more to offer my children um I love the community that I've been able to build um I'm a woman of faith and so I you know we've we've been able to find a wonderful church family as well here and so I feel like just I feel like right now is a wonderful time in my life.
0: I love that. Virginia is great. I love Virginia. It's where I guess my family kind of, my dad retired from the Pentagon in like 2006, 2006. Mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time here. I went to high school here. It was where I was able to first like finish a class or finish a school from start to finish. It was incredible. Um, I love Virginia and it's, it's very, I think it's very kind of central in the on the East coast, right? You can get to Orlando quickly. Yes. You can get up North quickly, but to speak on, you know, your development, you talk a lot about, or you talked a lot about getting your life together, starting from scratch. And we both tend, I guess, seem to work with women who are doing that. And it's so hard. It's hard to, to even think about doing it and then planning it and then doing it. And then, and then the aftermath, mm-hmm. the whole entire process can be daunting and like super, super difficult especially when you're doing it kind of like on your own, right? I mean, I know you have your husband and I'm sure you had support in some way, shape or form, but when you move somewhere new, you don't have a community just yet. You may have a community of people that you can go to, right? Like a church you can join or a yeah. gym that you can be a part of or something like that, but you don't have a loyal set of folks typically especially if you're working from home or you're working as a stay-at-home mom in your in your actual house right you're not actually going into an office where you've got designated colleagues and coworkers and leadership and stuff like that so can you just speak to how that transition, what you leaned on, like what was something that you were constantly going back to in those moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Arizona just is seeming so much better now. Like, well, I know those moments at some point came up for you, or maybe you were just tired and you needed a boost. Like what did you, or what do you lean on in those moments?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think that one of the, one of the key, um, that really helped me was uh, while I was in Arizona, I had the opportunity to receive mindfulness training. And so not only did I receive it through, um, there's a, a group out there called Skillfully Aware, who were my first um, mindfulness teachers, and I love them to pieces. They kind of took me under their wings and really began to transform my life. And, and then I, while I was at the university, um, we were doing some work with, uh, at Emory University in Georgia, there is a Tibetan-Emory partnership. And so they have a program as well called CBCT, which is Cognitive Based Compassion Training. And that, I was able to receive some of the training through there. And that really shifted a lot of how I was living because it just really Oh, so it, you know when they say like are you living an awakened life this is so key I think for so many people who don't know their clients yet and 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 this is sort of the key is I sort of went from autopilot living to a very awakened way of living and so in that it meant that I was very mindful um, I was able to kind of really learn and see what my triggers were. Um, I was able to sort of learn how to extend grace and, and really um, offer myself some, some space and flexibility to sort of be in that process and know that I, I didn't need to be caught up by the story or the circumstance. And so in the moments when I did move here, um, and, and like I said, probably one of the hardest transitions that I went through. Um, I remember, you know, we got here in early November and by December, and my husband was traveling a lot, a lot. And by that December, I mean, I was done, Whitney. Like, I just, I, I was crying. It was just so hard. I felt like I had just lost it. Um, before he went on one of his trips, I was like, listen if you want to see your children alive when you come back, you better call my mom and have her come fly out here and stay with me. (laughs) And so he was like, all right, let's do this. So my mother came out and we ended up having a wonderful holiday. Him and I were able to spend some time alone. And when I got back, I realized that I needed to hit the reset button. And I think what gives me the opportunity to be able to see that is because I'm a very aware person because I've been able to really develop that muscle for myself and I, and I just, I can observe it. I can, I can observe as well as understand when I'm in that funk, that's not going to serve me well. And in that, I I just sort of was like, okay, so I sort of just like created a plan of what was going to happen of what I needed um, and tried to just go for it. And I sort of you know, I joined a mother's group, I just threw myself in there, and I know that's really hard for certain people because that may not be their personality, um, but I just, I had to make a choice. You know, when one of the things about when we get really stuck and when we feel like, you know, what am I going to do as a mom? I just feel like, you know, we give up our power of choice to our fears, to our doubts, and that steers us in really bad directions, you know? And so I think, like I said, you know, being able to have not only just that mindfulness piece, because then also I started coaching and then I also started getting coached. And in that, I was able to, again, just really see and gain some amazing, valuable tools around how to begin overcoming some of those thought patterns that were just drowning me, you know, or the just... The, the the lack of confidence to just say like, I want to be able to do this, you know, and here's another huge component that maybe a lot of women who decide to kind of step into being stay at home moms or, or just going through a transition in your career, whatever it might be that for a long time, I, I, I felt terrible. I had a huge insecurity about not being a financially contributing partner in our household. And that, created a story where I was like well I I really I shouldn't ask for anything well you know if I want to take that class like that costs too much money so I you know because I don't make money I shouldn't be asking for that and I I I just it, it was a terrible trap that I felt I was in and even when I brought it up in conversations if finances came up in a conversation with my husband I found myself like barking all of a sudden and after a little while, I was like, what is this all about? Now, here's the thing, right? Like as coaches, right? Like, we know like how to maybe do those reflections and be able to kind of checkpoint ourselves like, well, what's this about? Um, I was able to do that and realize like, man, you know what? Like this is not about that. This is more about my insecurity. And I can't be putting that in. I can't be putting that on the table when I'm trying to address like partnership stuff with my husband, because that's not his responsibility. That's mine. And so I think, you know, in, in big picture, or I guess just to sum it up, I'm, I really feel like having that mindfulness, having those tools, um, and then really tapping into and deciding like, I need to invest in myself. You know, this journey cannot only be about raising my children, because when I'm not right, I don't show up right for my family. I don't show up good in parenting, as a spouse, in my community. And I, 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 I'm, I'm someone who needs to find some fulfillment. Like I don't want to feel empty. And many women, you know, put things off as like, oh, well, you know, when my kids go to school or when this, hey, you know, like that, that might be your jam. But in all reality, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that is where... Some individuals out there may not know what's possible because they've created the excuses to stay where they're at. And for me, I just, I got, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stay where I would I had to choose differently. I wanted to take my power of choice back and not just allow myself to be drowned by, you know, the misery or the fact that I didn't have my family and friends anymore. And, you know, like at some point you, I had to decide this is not where I want to be. I need to make changes, and so a lot of it is believing you want something different, committing to it, and then really like implementing something different for yourself. I love the
0: mindfulness bit.
1: Um, you, you called it cognitive compassion. Oh, it? the pro- the program—it's called a um, cognitive-based compassion training. It's CBCT.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah. I will put the link in the show notes for anybody who's interested in learning more. But I, I do think that obviously mindfulness is powerful. And I don't know if I've talked about it on the show in great detail, but meditation for me changed my life. And mindfulness is very, very, very similar. It has very similar effects as far as being able to change the way that you function and the way that your brain reacts to things and your stress levels and all of that. Right. And you're absolutely right. If you're not showing up for yourself, it bleeds into everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people try to segment, segment their lives and segment, um, just everything. We just segment. I've been that person, right? I put things in boxes. I'm like, okay, this is going to be this box. Even my friends, I'll put my friends. I have this group of friends. I have this group of friends and, you know, and I just group everything. But unfortunately when it comes down to it, how you're treating yourself and how you're taking care of your body and your mind and your spiritual side, all of that reflects back on every single thing that's in your life, whether you've segmented it or not. So it's just really important to, to have that practice. So- Hopefully, anybody who's listening who is dealing with that or dealing with anything challenging, you can lean on. You know that mindfulness is an option that you can take to deal with any stress, um, any anxiety, any sort of drama or difficulties that you're having. It's a tool that you can use. It's not the only tool, right? There's so many things you can do, but that's one tool. Um, Obviously, it's worked for Sandra, but it is a great tool that you can use to help get you through um, and also to help you maintain. It's not just a Sort of reactionary or responsive type of a tool. You can use it ongoing. Mindfulness is a daily practice, right? That's what the um, the people that have taught me about mindfulness. That's what they that's what they spoke about. So awesome! Mm -hmm. I love that. I also love the one thing that you said. There's two things. So uh, you mentioned, you know, not being a financial contributor and how that kind of stressed you out and how you were able to zoom out and understand that there was something else going on there. I think that's a very, very, very good story. And it's a very good example of to anyone, right? You don't have to be in a, like, I'm not in a relationship like that where I'm married and my spouse is the, the breadwinner and I am doing X, Y, and Z. Like that's not my setup, but I understand that story and I understand the significance of it. So I also understand what it could feel like to have a degree and to be a successful woman, and then to put that on hold for a second to do something completely different. And that does not give you a check every two weeks, health insurance benefits and like, you know, corporate parties, etc. It's like, I understand what that could feel like and how I might feel. Like I would probably feel the exact same way. I'd feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. Cause you know, you, that's just kind of how you're raised. Like you're raised not to go crazy when it's somebody else's dime. And, but it's different, right? It's different. Even though when you were a kid, it was your parents and your parents were obviously obligated to take care of you and buy you stuff. But they weren't obligated to buy you everything, and you didn't communicate the same way as you do with your spouse, right? Which is a new family, which is a new segment that you're creating for yourself. So I absolutely can relate to that in a non-sort of married way. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I'm totally not in that situation, but I really like that you told that story, and I think that everybody listening can can understand what that might feel like and can also parallel that to something in their lives where they reacted a certain way and then they were like, okay, hold on a second. And we're able to kind of press the pause button, zoom out and look at the situation from a different perspective and then go back to the drawing board with some sort of a a response. Um, So I do wanna talk about where your drive comes from because you seem very driven. Can you tell me, I know obviously your kids are a motivator. I know you're just a genuinely like smart and ambitious woman, but tell me a little bit more about what pushes you forward.
1: Um wow what pushes me forward I think um honestly I I have always been like overachiever you know wanting to just conquer the world kind of woman and it's funny because I think now I see so much of how I'm living now be more reflective of the personality that I think I was just born owning and Yes, well, you know, my family definitely. I mean, they're, they're. always I mean, part of of why I work so hard now, and and is because I actually appreciate having my children see me work really hard. And you know, even yesterday, my son's like, "Play with me," and I was like, "Darian, I need ten minutes to dedicate to my my work, and then I can definitely play with you." Um, and part of it is is you know I. I do want to be able to ha- be, get to where I envision because that's why I also say like visionary because for me, a vision, if, if I having my vision of what I want, I say that's always my anchor when I'm feeling like I'm doubting myself, this isn't going to happen. Like I just refocus my energy and sort of just sort of close my eyes and see that person that I know I'm going to be. And that like just sort of just really shifts a lot of my energy quickly because it's like, no, I'm getting this. We're doing this. We're going to make this happen. Okay. Like you might need to pace yourself a little bit or it may not happen, but like it's happening. So I think part of it is just me just naturally being this very big visionary kind of person, like just, um, and, and, and staying committed to that belief. I think part of it also is um, I've come to really learn that your belief system sets up how you're going to show up for all of what you want. And I've been very, very conscious of, of that belief system. And I'll tell you, um, and I know, you know, maybe people do this, but my husband, who I've known since 97, we were friends for many, many, many years. And I never thought I would marry him, but we did. And in that, um, he's always been someone that I have admired, not only his work ethic, but just how he is as a person. He's just such amazingly kind, loyal. He's just a great, great man. He's a great, a great human, human person, human, human being. And he really pushes me. And I I always laugh because I feel like there's always this competitive nature about us. So it's like, Joker, I'm going to be making the bigger money, you know, the bigger paycheck real soon. So he he pushes me in so many ways because he works super hard as well um, to really succeed in his life. He's very strategic. He's just brilliant um, and committed. And when I see that in my partner, like, I want that. I want that and I want it more you know in part because i'm competitive and i want to like meet him there at the finish line um, but also because it's something that i admire in him and then the other piece which is i feel like the the like special ingredient about it is that i didn't just my whole life you know one of the things that i realized like really lately as i'm working with some latinas now That as I share, as they share their story with me, I'm like, yep, I got it. I know it. I know it. Yep. Felt that way too. Felt that way too. And then for some reason, like they're at this pause. They're at like the edge of that, that like sort of diving board where they're like, what do I do next? And the fact that I've been blessed really with just the opportunities, the fact that I'm I'm always willing to sort of stretch a little bit more to just see how much more I can go and have given myself the opportunities to come out of my comfort zones, move to Arizona where I knew nobody or had nothing, gave up my whole career, life, wonderful apartment in Brooklyn, like everything. Um it really just, I know, set the kind of set up the foundation of finally being able to design the life that I wanted. And I'll tell you, I'll be totally honest. Part of, you know, a lot of times I, I will, str- you know, I struggle with like, oh, well, I don't, I don't look like I live the, the Latina life, right? Where it's like, you know, nobody's cooking or frying food up in my house and I'm not serving rice and beans every day. It may not look, but you know what? I feel 100% me. And I love that. And I want other women that are Latinas that, that, you know, are trying to really build the life they want without feeling guilty about oh, is that you know, am I am I am I not going to seem you know Latina enough, or am I going to be am I going to be turned my back on my peeps, or you know, without having that, or feeling like oh, I don't you know my family, and I, I don't want to leave my parents, and there's you know, the Latino guilt trip, which I call it the LGT that you can really design the life you want without having to feel that you're giving something of you up in the process. And that's what's really driving me right now to like, no, no more. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to hear the story anymore. You know, like I want you to shift your story. Here's the thing is the truth is, is I only discovered that story and of, of my upbringing like just several years ago. And, and I'll be honest, when I first realized like that was my story, I was mad for like three months. I was like, How did, what in the heck were you thinking, Sandra? How could you have thought that? And the thing is, is that story was full of um, like lack of, I didn't have enough. I was raised in a deficiency and because of that, I spent months with a coach and I looked back at my life and I saw all the times I made myself small or I lived a really minimal life because I, I, I was afraid of being seen or I was afraid I wasn't smart enough or good enough or trained enough or ready enough. How many times I didn't take advantage of opportunities because other people did that, not me. I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't even see that in my community. So why would they give that to me? And that, ter- you know, that story, I won't call it a terrible story because it's my life, but that story, which I'm hearing all the time around me, really was like, yeah, I, I just this really need to kind of shift. And I've been able to shift that story, thankfully, right through all of my, you know, my coaching, as well as my own tools, my, my reflection. And now I'm able to see that, that story in a whole other light. And it takes time. You know, when you said earlier, like doing this work and really like it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of grit. It takes really committing and believing that like something needs to be different for yourself. So, you know, I, that's, that's really what has been driving me even more now is just I want to see women of color, Latinas, and and I, and I work with, you know, male Latinos too. So I don't want to exclude them as well because, I mean, I have a client right now, very successful young man who's, you know, trying to go for a partner at a financial firm. And he will tell me how he will walk into these, you know, leadership executive meetings and be one of the only Latinos in the room and feel like he's not good enough. Like, am I going to really be able to take this on? Like, this is too big for me. And it's like, no, mm -mm. you are exactly where you need to be and you need to own it. And so a lot of that is like, that's what's really like, it's like bubbles, you know, it's kind of like some people say like, use what really frustrates you to motivate you. Like, that's it. You know, like, it's not that I'm frustrated. It's just some point it's like, enough is enough. Like, let's shine. Let's be, let's be the (laughs) women that we're designed to be like, and take that. Take that and own that for yourself.
0: That's so true. And you hit on so many things that I, I love. One of the things I did want to talk about is just the fact that your drive comes from multiple places. It doesn't just come from one place. And I think that's a really, really, really good point because- I think that's real. That's true. That's relatable. I think that's most of us, even though I think when we think of drive, it's like, you know, somebody asked me to explain what success means to me. Like, what's my definition of success? And it was really hard to come up with that description. (laughs) I struggled. I was eating breakfast that morning and I was just like, damn, what is, what is that to me? And drive is very similar. It's like, what drives me. And I think what drives you, it changes all the time. It's not like the same thing drives us all the time. And maybe, you know, it does for a while and then that shifts, right? Something happens or we change or we change directions and it, it the vehicle shifts, right? For that analogy. But you mentioned being competitive. That's a big drive. It's a big driver for me too, that I never even thought I would have. I, you know, we just, we've got sisters, you're a one of four and I'm one of four as well. I'm the oldest of four girls. And we were, raised, my mom was pretty competitive, like for just no reason. It's just, she uses that to drive her. It's not that she's really like, I mean, maybe she is, but she's, I don't think she's like one of those crazy, like competitive people. She's just competitive. And that's what fuels her because it pushes everybody. When you're driven like that and you're competing against people, I was at spin class last night and they put all your numbers on the wall when you're on the bike during and they'll show like your RPM and then it will show your watts and you know which one you are because it has your bike number and your name and you see everybody and you're like, ah. and even though I told the lady, I was like, I'm not doing this to be like super pushy <laughs> or extra. Cause I will hurt myself. Right. You'll hurt yourself if you overdo it. And that's in anything. You're but right. while I was on the bike, I used those numbers to push me. It was to motivate me to push harder, to to really make sure I was hitting my limits, mm-hmm. looking at the other numbers. I, I don't care what, you know, Mackenzie or Catherine or whoever was doing like I don't care about their numbers, but it was motivating me. So mm-hmm. using the competition, I think you having a supportive and an encouraging spouse is Crucial, and I wish more people had that somebody in their lives who were pushing them. I talked yesterday about having a cheerleader and how we really do need cheerleaders as women who are trying to climb up the anybody really needs a cheerleader, but we need people who are cheering us on from the sidelines who get and understand what we're doing, where we're at, and where we're trying to go. That's another piece that people are missing, and so I'm also glad that you brought up how your coaching helped you. Become this better person, deal with some of your crap from the past and build a life for yourself and, and just reflect and also reconvene in, in the right direction. That's what yeah. coaching does, but it also helps you have a cheerleader. And at yeah. least my kind of coaching does. Some, some people do it a little bit differently, but I needed that cheerleader for a really mm-hmm. long time. And so I created that self that for myself. And I also do that in my coaching. I push people from the sidelines, you know, cheering them on and helping them grow because. A lot of people don't, a lot of people have spouses and they're not true leading for them. You know, that that spouse is like, okay, honey, sure. You go do your little thing and I'll be here when you get back. Also, I need you to do this, 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 and this. Like they don't care. Mm -hmm. Like they just don't, they care, but like they really like honestly don't care. And they don't know. And that's another part of it too. They don't understand what you're doing. So I'm glad that you have that support. And I'm glad that you've had that background um, to help you move forward as well. So I hope people are encouraged by that. Your drive comes from a lot of places and also just being tired of being tired, being tired of the same story that's just not serving you anymore. That is huge. We could literally title this episode that because at some point that's when we shift, when we get to the point where we're just like, I am done. What is that? What is that? Um, It's just saying it's like Something about a woman scorned. Something there's there's like when when we've had enough, we've had enough. Yeah, and I think that's very true for women, especially women of color. When we are done, we are done, and there is no more. You know, going back and forth. We're not going to dance about it. We're not going to talk. It's no more debating. It's done. And totally. once you have put that stake in the sand, you can say, okay, cool. Now now let's get it. Let's go. What we're after. Let's go. What we came here to go for. Et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. And. For those listening who don't feel like they know what they're going for, and you're just like, yeah, you know, but I still don't know if I, if I know what my purpose is, or I'm going down this path and I'm not sure if it's the right one, I recommend finding what Sandra mentioned, which is that like urge to just do better and to be a better person and to lead it by example. Um, Whether you have children or siblings or friends, colleagues, or your parents, you know, leaving a trail of success, I think, is enough. So as long as you're on a path and you are succeeding and you are building yourself as a person, you'll find your purpose, you'll find that passion, you'll find what you're looking for, but I recommend building yourself up while you do it. Yeah. That's what I recommend.
1: You know, you mentioned something that I think... um, there's two things I wanted to add to what you were just talking about is that, you know, so many times people don't realize uh, what their story is, you know, and there's something there. And, and that's that autopilot, right? Where it's just like, well, this is just, this is just who I am. This is just how my life is. And they, they, they believe that. But, you know, for those who feel like that's just not enough, like just something just doesn't feel right about that, Like that's, 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 that's your true self nudging you saying like, no, like there's more, like go seek out, go figure it out. And you can't ignore that, you know, like for those who really are searching and wanting something different to change that status quo, like absolutely, like don't, don't leave that nudge unattended because those are your moments of motivation, That's your true self saying like, there's more to you. Like, what's the next part of your story? Don't you want to know? You know, there's so much possibility there. Um, I
0: think people get scared to do that though. So if you get scared and you're trying to ignore it, first of all, you could end up driving yourself crazy and becoming that girl who lashes out, who is just all over the place, who can't focus. Like there are repercussions to not listening to that voice. Just FYI, you can choose not to listen to it, but if you choose not to listen to it, it it can get, I I can't guarantee what's going to happen, but it's probably not going to be a good look for you. And people aren't necessarily going to want to be around that. So if you hear the urge, if you feel the urge, move forward. And if you are scared, ask, for help. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, no. Um, I lost my second thought. Maybe it'll we'll
0: come no,
1: back to me. No, yeah. I'm
0: so sorry. <laughs> okay, if it comes back, just totally cut me off. Yeah. Um, but I think what you were, you were talking about was um, listening to that urge and, and listening to that voice to push forward because you have to, if, if you continue to live the same way that you've been living and doing the same things, you're at some point you may burn out right? Because if you're going really fast, you're doing the most, you may burn out. And if you're doing the same things over and over, you just make it bored. Or you may see somebody doing something. And that's really what happened to me. I was in cybersecurity and I was chilling, doing my thing, making money, being happy for the most part. And I saw people who were killing it on the internet, talking to people like as coaches. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. you can make money coaching people about eating green smoothies and vegetables. Like that's a thing. And once I found that out, I was done. Like I was sold. I was like, this is, I don't want to talk about green smoothies and like vegetables because that's not my jam, but I know that there are things I can talk with people about and help people with. So let me, you know, go down that path. So sometimes you will get these little hints or these visions or these opportunities that will help you sort of down that. So I think that's kind of a cool point, but um, okay, cool. So I do want to talk about what you are doing with your clients. You mentioned being a speaker, like, what do you like to speak about to your clients and in general?
1: Yeah, so right now um, I do obviously the one on one coaching and have um, an empowered way virtual program where I work with women and helping them kind of just step more into their empowered self and and redefine what empowerment really means to them. Um, We're halfway through our, our program right now and it's just been incredible. We had a really amazing session last week and i was like oh my god this is so fascinating it's so fascinating to see women finally sit and be like huh yeah i totally am kick-ass yep and i'm gonna own that um and seeing them shift and just kind of helping them um really understand that they have the choice to shift their mindset i know that you did a i was listening to your mindset um podcast and and so much of it is those like absolutely necessary elements of being able to shift your mindset um and then you know with the speaking piece is really about you know what does it take to become more what does becoming more mean what do you want to become like what do you want more of in your life and it kind of you know i, I spoke to a group of women there um their theme for the year was finding their fire, finding your fire. And so I asked them, you know, like, what does finding your fire look like? You know, what does that mean to you? And they're like, Oh, you maybe like, you know, your passion, what you love to do. And I was like, yes, yes. Like all of that is yeah. Finding your fire. I said, but you want to know what's more important about finding your fire. What's more important than finding your fire is knowing what gets in the way. Because the truth is, is that, Unless you know what's getting in the way, whether it's habits, whether it's a mindset, whether it's a belief, you're not going to get there. And so a lot of what I speak to is around the importance of getting very clear about what needs to, what we need to stop doing and what we need to start doing. Um, I also do a lot of vision work where You know, we, we, I did one earlier this year where we kind of got really, really clear about what is it that we need to let go of and did a little bit of, you know, guided meditation work. And once they, you know, they all got to declare this word that they were going to become more of, whether it was more faithful, more confident, more of a believer, more flexible, like whatever. And then they were able to create this, this vision board around that word. And so it was a very intentional practice and exercise for them because it kind of like that's, you know, sometimes all you need is that one word to be like, that's what I want more of. And just gaining that little bit of clarity, then, you know, obviously the next step is like, well, great. How do I do that? And of course, that's when they hire Whitney or myself to help them get there. But um, it's, it's such a key piece of, of the coaching journey, I feel like, with my clients um, I always tell my clients, you will exercise two muscles with me, your self-awareness muscle and your true self muscle. Because without those two, like transformation doesn't, will be very difficult to achieve. Um, so yeah, I I'd I love to talk to, to women um, and just different groups around, you know, letting go of those things that are not serving us and knowing how to find that and then getting really clear about what they want more of.
0: Okay. And I think the, I think the big piece there is a lot of times, you know, we think that because somebody may be doing what we, at least this is what came up for me. So when we see somebody doing something that we want to do, or we, we want to aspire to be, a lot of times we think, oh, well, you know, I can't do that. And the doubt just starts to like overwhelm us. And then all the questions. I was talking about mindset recently and I like talking about mindset and thank you for checking out that episode. Um, it, it was a fun conversation to have because mindset really does affect all of that. Like you were saying about the muscles. Like it, it really is a big piece in how you perceive your ability to get to that next level, to do the thing that you want to do, to do the thing that scares you. Mindset is a huge piece in that. And if we're not attending to that, if we're not tending to the thoughts that we're having and our environment, who we're surrounding ourselves with, there's so many pieces, it keeps us from moving forward. It's just like with our health and wellness. You know, if we're not taking care of, you know, this one thing, right, we're not hydrating, but we're eating all the vegetables and we're doing all the smoothies, we're taking all the vitamins, your health may still suffer. And we have to take the time and actually do that work. And I think that's where again, having that cheerleader, having somebody to bounce ideas off of, having somebody who can hold space for you. I'm glad that those retreats did that, or at least that conference with the vision board. I think it's a really cool idea. I've talked about vision boards in the past, and that helps change your mindset when you see these images. Visualization is a very powerful tool that a lot of people just don't realize, and they don't talk about. I don't know if it's because people think it's woo-woo, or if people think that it's, like, something, like, Just not—it's not going to work. It's just ineffective. But it really does work. Like there are proven like studies that talk about how visualization works, just like the placebo effect, right? When people take pills that they think are going to help them, and they do. Like that's science. So when you think about the things that you want, and you can actually visually see them every day, you put it somewhere where you see it all the time. It really does help shift things for you, and it may be at like a turtle's pace, like. Teeny weeny steps in that direction, <laughs> like so you start believing it. But eventually, you're like, you know what? Yeah, that's exactly what I want, and you don't have any issues seeing that. Um, so there's again so many tools. I'm so glad you brought up all these different points because I like options. I think most people like options. Sometimes it can be overwhelming when you have too many, but it's nice to know what your options are at least. I think going in, so you can say, okay, well, you know what? Visualization, visualization is cool, but I actually just need somebody to help me. Like I just need a coach or. Yeah you know, having a coach is cool, but what I really just need is to journal my feelings in the morning or, you know, journaling my feelings in the morning is cool, but what I actually need is to go to church or is to, you know, listen to some more educational podcasts, or I need to take a step back and just whatever, right? We at least can see the issue, adjust it, and then make the right move for us accordingly. Um, But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you speak about these things. It's really, really, really important work. Um, And to loop back to what I was, starting to say in the beginning, because that was the thought that I had. Um, but the thought that I had was that, you know, when you look at coaches, when you look at whatever industry you're in, right, even your client who's in the financial industry, and he was trying to make partner, he's going to look, we're all going to look around and see other people doing what we want to do and think, should I do it? Because that other person is doing it. And, or, you know, there's really no, there's no, it's just oversaturated. Like there's too many partners out there who are doing this, or, you know, we already have this many coaches who are talking to this group of people or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if that's the thought that we go in with, I think it negatively affects us in more ways than we think. And there is absolutely space for everybody, even if it's oversaturated. If you go to the gym Right now, if I were to go to my gym, there's like probably 12 trainers working at one time, right? Each of those personal trainers are going to be different in their own respect, not just because different people, but the way in which they train, the way in which they deal with people, their personalities, their workout routines, the equipment that they prefer to use, all of that makes them unique in that respect. Um, And so you could absolutely find the right, but that doesn't mean that 12 is too much and they don't need a 13th. Maybe you're bringing, you absolutely are bringing something that they've either never seen before or that they really like, or that's special to the group, or do you know what I mean? I think that's important to say, like, there's always room for you wherever you're trying to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had that thought when I brought you on, I was like, well, I've had life coaches on the show and I've talked with life coaches and we do something very similar, but you do something very unique. And we are, even if you were to put us both in a room and say, okay, guys, like, let's talk about coaching. We have totally different backgrounds, totally different life experiences that we bring to the table. So there's always room for the two of us in any room that we go to, whether it's People looking for life coaches or not, um, right. and that can be said about. We could be sitting here as lawyers or as veterinarians, or <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, there's always room, so I just wanted to make sure I said that. I don't know why that was such like a pressing thing, but um, I had that thought, and I think it's really really important. So. If you are interested in finding somebody or whatever, go to Sandra and just look at her website. Look at what she's got going on. Um, obviously, she's got a great speaking voice. You should totally do a show. By the way, the the show. you should totally do one. We'll see. We'll see if it's uh, if it happens. Okay, we'll talk about it later. And if she does a show, I will follow up and we'll do something. Um, we'll do something special. But um, so okay, so you're on social media. Where whereabouts are you
1: online? Yeah. So online, I'm on Facebook at Sandra. Actually, I use my maiden name Duque, which is D-U-Q-U-E Fletcher. But I'm sure if you just type in Sandra Fletcher. Um, on Instagram, at I'm at Sandra Rises because I'm about rising with all my women. Um, okay. And on LinkedIn, same Sandra Fletcher. And then my website www.sandrafletcher.co. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So, guys, if you're interested, hit her up. I will put in the show notes the things that we talked about. Um, Is there anything special that you are working on or that you want to kind of promote or talk about right now besides the coaching?
1: Yeah. um, So, I am definitely going to be launching another Empowered Way program real soon for women for the summer. And I am really, really looking to work with some young to mid-level career Latinos. Um, I want to kind of just really dive deep into this and serving this population, not only because, you know, I'm relatable really to a lot of the experience, but I'm passionate about seeing something different happening um, in their lives and and really giving them what they need. You know, I'll, I'll end with this last thing is Um, I realized a lot of times you were talking about this about how we look at other people like, Oh, well, you know, i want to be that, that wonderful next partner. And oftentimes I will see like, you know, Tony Robbins or your Rachel houses, or just other people. And you're like, Oh my God, I want to, I want to do amazing things like that. I want to do talks and I want to do workshops. And, and you think you're like, I want to be, you know, I want to do the amazing things they do. And I realized that, you know, What's more important than just doing the amazing things, because at the end of the day, I don't know if that person goes home and they feel miserable or sad or isolated or, you know, they do their own autopilot living. I don't know. But what I do know is that I don't want to just do amazing things. I want to feel and be amazing. And that is the key to really what I feel living that 100% true self. I want to live all, like my whole self wants to be alive and awakened. And so I just share that because I think that's such a huge piece of, of any human existence of really being able to have and be all of you all the time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. and I love how you're so motivated to, to do the things that you see people doing that inspire you. I think that's I think that's so cool and Mm -hmm. it's so necessary. So awesome. Well, I really am so glad, so, so glad that's grateful and and glad at the same time. Yay, Um, new word. But yeah, I I make up new words sometimes, but I am glad (laughs) that we met. It was, I met a bunch of people that day and it was one of those things where like I dragged myself, one of my friends dragged me to this and I literally drove like 40 minutes to get to Loudoun and I went to the event and I had, I was so hungry and I met a bunch of people, but you were- the person that stuck out you were one of the people that like literally like looked at me in the eye and like genuinely made a conversation you were personable you listened like and it's bizarre how rare that is to find at a networking event it's not like we were just kind of shooting the shit or at the bar like we were literally (laughs) together at a networking event and you did those things and it's rare to see that so (laughs) I'll shoot
1: the shit at the bar too with
0: you girl (laughs) which I love doing which I love doing (laughs) It's just, it blows my mind how we go to networking events and people don't know how to network. They don't know yeah. how to engage. They don't know how to have a conversation that's not one-sided. They don't know how to be personable. Right. When you hand me your card, like some girl handed me her card in the bathroom and was like, hi. And gave me, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just washing my hands. It's totally normal. <laughs> And like, but like to see that, it's just, it's very frustrating. So when yes. I see the opposite, when I see somebody who is engaging and who remembers my name and who has a personable personality and like conversation with me, um, not at me, it's just, it sticks. And so that's why I was really excited to talk to you. Um, and I think there needs to be more, Stuff out there for Latina women, for women of color. Really, in every group, um, we can group together. But I think it's important to also specify, and that's something that's been difficult for me to do in my in my industry because. I want to talk to all kinds of women, right? I like all, it doesn't matter, but I think sometimes it does when you have that unique background where your parents, you know, immigrated or your parents are from somewhere else or you grew up speaking a different language. These are things that are important to you and your experience that other people can relate to. So it is absolutely important that we not only speak to people who look like us and who come from places that we come from, but also we lift them up and create communities and then we can lift each other up in the same Way. Um, so I'm going to do absolutely everything in my power to help any group of women, any marginalized community up. Um, but I'm so glad that you're doing this work and I'm really excited to see what happens this year. It's only what? We're like halfway through? I'm oh my
1: goodness, don't remind me. No, we still got one more.
0: I'm excited. It's been a good year. It has. Yes. I think it's been so much better than last year and I'm really excited. All the people that I've met so far have been great. I'm back in Virginia, sort of starting my network from the ground up again. And I'm so glad
1: to have you part of it. So
0: thank you guys.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate you, Winnie. totally always just helping um, women showcase their love and passion and talents. And so uh, you are an amazing woman yourself. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And I will have, um, if you want, we can go live on Instagram um, at some point, maybe do a Q and A after the episode releases. So for anybody who's listening, if you have a question um, or you just want to see us kind of hang out, you can join our IG live. My IG is network and spill for the podcast. And then my business is Whitney Danielle coaching. So I'll go live on one of them and I'll bring Sandra on and we'll just have a chat. If you have any questions, if you're listening and it's beyond that episode, feel free to drop a comment in the network and spill comment section. So if you click on the episode on networkandspill.com, you go to the bottom, you can leave us a question, um, leave us a question, leave us a comment and we'll totally hit you back. We'll address it. We'll go live again or so- we'll do something. So obviously you always have a way to reach out to us and we'd love to continue the conversation. So Yay. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to the episodes for more every single Thursday. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.